I want to talk for just a couple of minutes from the heart, and I, I told everyone this morning that normally I have about six or seven pages of notes, and every thought is jotted down, and oftentimes I have paper, and I pencil stuff in there that I'm thinking, and today I have five lines, and um, I'm just going to talk from the heart about just things that are on my mind, and I'm probably going to ramble, and, and um, if you can take one or two things home with you, I'll be happy, and you'll be happy because I'm going to finish sooner than Pastor Frank finishes. So everyone's going to be happy, hopefully. Just one or two things is all I need you to take out of this, all right? Um, I want to talk just for a couple of minutes this morning about, I had uh, basically a continuation of what I had spoken about a few months ago, which was uh, encouragement. We talked about encouragement, and um, we talked about its importance, its difficulties, its impact, and there's another half to encouragement, which is accountability. And boy, when I say the words accountability, some of you that are in the business world are thinking HR. HR rep is going to tell us about accountability and going to write somebody up. And that's not what this is about. There's no other word that I can use other than accountability to talk about the topic that I want to discuss. And I want to discuss the power that exists inside the concept of accountability. And... I'm going to read just a real quick scripture, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And one of the key factors of accountability is relationship. And so I've titled this sermon, Don't Waste a Friendship. Because inside that friendship is the power to to thrust you and your friend forward to greatness. And when I say greatness... And maybe because I'm a guy, we immediately think career. And I want to tell you this morning that your greatness cannot be defined by your material possessions or the things that you've gathered in this material world. Your greatness is only defined by the lives that you've touched and by the impact that you've had. And this is the other half to encouragement because how you impact lives is you encourage and you hold accountable. And if you have all encouragement and no accountability, then you're failing. And if you're all accountability and no encouragement, you're failing. But if you want to impact a life and if you want to have your life impacted, then it requires a balance of accountability and encouragement. And you've got to be willing to give and receive both. And the healthiest, safest, most productive way to do that is inside of a friendship or a partnership, spouses, etc. But inside of the relationships that you have or inside relationships that you ought to further and foster and cultivate in an effort to do these things that I'm about to speak about. Um, so as iron sharpens iron, encouragement can be difficult. And we talked about that a few months ago. It can be difficult to reach out to someone you don't know and have a word of encouragement. We talked about the challenges that we have and how we prefer sometimes to sit on the shoreline. We talked about the character Lisa in that story, those of you that remember. And Lisa stepped out from the shoreline and was willing to encourage somebody. And we we challenged each other to do that a few months ago. But I'll tell you the aspect of these two that's more difficult is the accountability aspect. And there's a couple of key reasons why that's so difficult. The biggest reason is I don't care who you are. I don't care how mature you are emotionally or intellectually or mentally, how great you've lived life and how smart you are and all the books you've read. When someone tells you a shortcoming that you have in your life, you are going to feel a way about it. And the first emotion that's going to wash over you is defensiveness. 
They're going to find all the reasons why this person is wrong, and most of your energy is going to be spent on explaining the reason that they're wrong. And so when you react that way, the person who's bringing you something that they want to point out inside your life, they want to help you and carry you, they are going to be resistant to giving any, any, having any conversation because they know what they're going to get. And that's not a, your problem. That's your reality. The reality is if I go to any one of you and say, hey, I've seen, I've noticed, I've observed, I think, I'm going to get defensiveness. That's just the way it is. And so here's what happens. We don't give that conversation. We don't give those words until we become so emotional that it explodes out of us and we cause damage. And we explode at each other. This is all the married people say amen. Amen. <laughs> We explode at each other because that one thing, one they, they've been doing it, doing it, doing it. You've been watching it, watching it, watching it. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden, it's boom. We explode in accountability. And we wonder why it doesn't work. <laughs> and so what I want to talk about is a healthy way to have accountability in your relationship. And I also, I got to say this. I struggled with this concept because I have this idea, and maybe I'm alone in this, but I have this idea that when you speak from here, it's got to be deep theological breakdown of scripture and what that meant in the Greek and the Hebrew. And those of you that know me know that's not me. (laughs) That's not how I roll. (laughs) I keep, I like to keep it real and I like to, I like to get to the meat of the matter. And as I read through scripture, I realized, and I had Mike's help, because if there's a theologian in the house, it's it's my brother-in-law, Mike Roush. And, and I was talking to Mike. This is a true story. I was talking to Mike. This is an accountability relationship right here. Mike knows my, my weaknesses, so he fed me some scriptures. <laughs> I said, I think I'm going to talk about accountability, but I don't know how I'm going to work it out. I get a text message a couple of days later from him. Hey, you know, there was a relationship between Peter and Paul, and he called him out, and he, he did this. And I'm like, you're right. I can talk about accountability. There was plenty of accountability in the New Testament. <laughs> so thank you, Mike. Um... But I want to go through a couple of bullet points of, of what accountability requires and what it is that you need to cultivate and how you need to handle these things. And the reason I think it's so important is because of the amount of power that I think personally exists inside a vibrant relationship that balances encouragement and accountability. Vibrant relationship that balances accountability and encouragement. And here's why. If I'm not held accountable, then I will lie to myself about how I'm conducting my life. Here's how I know that. Because I've dieted before. What are you laughing for? All the skinny people are laughing. All the, all the, all the, all the people that I know have dieted before are just giving me a stone-cold blank look right now. Listen. I've been on a lot of different diets. And let me tell you, let me walk you through how a diet works. And I'm going to be looking for some head nods, okay? Here's how a diet works. You start out, and man, you are running that thing tight. You're counting the ounces. You're checking the labels. You've got a journal going. If you're on Weight Watchers, you're counting the points. If you're on Atkins, you're checking the carb count. And I know those details because I've done them all. And you start out for a few weeks and you start losing weight and you're feeling good about yourself. But invariably, with rare exception, some of you might have done and stuck with it. God bless you. With rare exception, we start to slip away from the guidelines of the diet. 
And we start to cheat and we start to eat a little bit. And here's what happens inside our minds. We convince ourselves that what we're doing is okay. It's okay that I had the potato chips at 11 o'clock because I didn't have any pizza this week. Oh, I know all about it. It's okay that I have ice cream for the second time this week because I didn't have any chips at 11 o'clock. We start to justify in our minds the decisions that we're making, and that's just a diet, but the reality is we do it in our lives. And we start to justify how much time we spend on our cell phones. We start to justify how much we're not present for our children. We start to justify how much we're not pouring into our marriage. We start to justify our disengagement in church. We start to justify all these things in our minds because invariably you will lie to yourself. That's just the reality. That's not a weakness. It is a weakness. It's not a unique weakness. It's your reality. And so what must you do to give yourself guardrails for when you start to lie to yourself? And that tool that is so powerful is accountability. And having those in your life that are willing to say, why are you eating that ice cream? And let me bring this out because this is something a lot of us can relate to and it's an easy example and you might get a chuckle out of it. How many of you have pulled the ice cream out and your spouse has said, why are you eating the ice cream? And what is your first emotion? Tell me it's not anger. You don't understand. I haven't had any pizza this week, and I passed on the pizza so I could have the ice cream. You don't know what you're talking about. This is a conversation I've had in my house. But that's the reality. And so here's what it requires to have healthy accountability. Because let me say this. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but bear with me for a minute. I'm bouncing around ideas, but listen to me for a minute. If you don't have accountability, then you will be mediocre. If you are not willing to receive accountability, then you will be mediocre. And if you're not willing to give accountability, then your loved ones around you will be mediocre. You've got to have both and be willing to do both, but here's what it requires. The first thing it requires is a pure heart. It must, you must go into this accountability relationship with a pure heart. Your concept cannot be, what do I get out of this? What behavior will I modify to benefit myself? Because the minute it can, you begin to consider how it affects you is the minute you should shut it down and get counsel. Because you can't go into this with a mindset of, of how do I benefit? And this is the hardest thing. One of, there's lots of hard things in here. Who am I kidding? But one of the hard things is the willingness, the willingness to take a person that you love, spouse, friend, or otherwise, and be willing to push them ahead of you. Because we're competitive by nature. Some of us exist inside competitive marriages. Some of us are just so competitive by nature, we want to win at everything. We want to be the best at everything. And the idea of taking someone and making them better than me is something we just can't consider. But you've got to be able to do that. You have to enter this in a pure heart with the willingness to put self in the backseat and push someone forward ahead of you. And so that's what requires a pure heart. Matthew 12, 34 through 35 says, Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? How can you be selfish and speak good things to somebody? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Your heart's got to be pure. A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. You can't confront this with ulterior motives. You can't confront somebody with the idea that I'm gonna, this is going to make me better than them or this is going to make them behave in such a way that benefits me. It's got to be for their good, for their growth, for their excellence, for their greatness. The second thing it requires is honesty. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Speak truth to your neighbor. The reason we don't speak truth is because when we enter into that conversation, we are geared up for a defensive, angry response. And so what we tend to do is we either explode, right, in emotion, or we spin it in a gentle way. And we try to soften the blow, try to make it sound not so bad. But iron sharpens iron. It's not velvet sharpening velvet. Iron sharpening iron is not a quiet experience. It's not a soft experience. It generates heat. It generates noise. It generates sparks. It generates shavings of metal flying around. Iron sharpens iron. And so you have to be honest. Don't beat around the bush. The third thing, be willing to receive the conversation. Because let me tell you something, the first time or the second time that you give someone this when they try to have a conversation with you is the last time they'll try to have a conversation with you. And if you think it's a good idea to go through life without knowing what's going on in your life from an outside perspective, then you're going to be, you're destined for mediocrity. So you've got to be willing to receive it. And here's the science behind it. An emotion chemically lasts 45 to 90-ish seconds in the brain. That's why they say don't take action in anger because it literally shuts off. Emotion shuts off parts of your brain, the reasoning parts of your brain. You're unable to reason. You're just lashing out. You're just spouting off. Those of you that have a temper know, if you're smart, you know when you need to shut down and not communicate for a little bit. And what you're literally doing in that moment is waiting for the chemicals to pass through your brain. So when you are in a situation where someone wants to have a conversation with you, understand that. And let those emotions pass for 90 seconds because you will feel the emotion. That's just the reality. It's not, it is what it is. Let the emotion pass and receive it. Because without it, you lose the power. The power of someone to pour into your life and push you to greatness. You've got to be able to receive it. You've got to keep those channels open with those in your life, your spouse, your, your, your friends, whoever. You've got to open that up so that they feel free to come to you. The biggest success, I think, one of the biggest things that you should be able to brag about is that I, I have been willing to receive constructive criticism from those around me. And it hasn't damaged our relationship. If you can say that, you're on the path. Because if you can say that and you can receive what they're saying and actually take action on it and be willing to hear it and be willing to implement it, you're on your path. You're, you're on your way. It's just a matter of time. But this is the big hurdle that a lot of us can't get over. We can't, we can't get to this point. The fourth thing that it requires, and this is the most important thing in my mind, out of all of them, this is the foundation. And the foundation is relationship. This is why I say don't waste a friendship. Don't waste it. Because inside that friendship is the power. Inside that vulnerable 
open, real, honest, snotty, eyes red and crying, and it's just a mess. Inside of that is the power. If you'll tap into it and not waste that friendship, the world's your oyster. Anything is possible. Here's why relationship is so important. Number one, I don't have to prove to someone that I have a real, vibrant relationship with that I have a pure heart. They should know my heart. I don't have to prove that I'm being honest. They should know I'm honest with them because I love them and they know that I love them because my relationship is so vibrant and so strong. And here's the best part. If I have a strong, vibrant relationship with someone, when I mess it up, when I mess up an accountability conversation and I say the wrong thing at the wrong time the wrong way and I hurt someone's feelings, that relationship is strong enough to absorb it. And if that's the case, then, then I'm free to move inside, of, uh, inside that relationship and I'm free to say things and do things and not maybe be perfect but come up with it with an excellent result. And so relationship is vibrant, but here's the problem with relationship. There are those of us in this room that have kept people at arm's length, and we are incapable of having a real relationship. And I know, because I'm one of those people, I know what it means to keep people out here and maybe even let them think that we've connected. Maybe even let them think that, that they mean the world to me, but the reality is, mm, I keep them right out here. And there's people in this room that have experienced emotional pain and have experienced rejection and have had things happen in their lives that's created that reality for you. And so you have friendships, but they center around the ball game on Sunday. And you have relationships, but it's centered around Facebook chatting or whatever surfacey thing that, that we engage in. And it's not real and it's not vulnerable because they don't know your heart because you don't let them see your heart and they don't know what your thoughts are because you don't let them see your thoughts and they don't know how you feel about what's happening in your life because you don't share how you're feeling what's happening in your life and as a result, you don't have the avenue for encouragement and accountability. And so you're wasting a friendship. You're wasting a friendship. Can I use you as an example? Is that okay with you? Do you mind? Do you mind if I'm just brutally honest? I was going to try to catch him before church. What did you say, Cole? I want to use Stephen as an example because I, I'm, listen, you know me, I'm pretty much an open book publicly. I'll tell you exactly what I'm feeling, what, what's, what's I'm dealing with, what I'm hurting with, what, what's going on. I just told you about the fact that I'm just now, at 42 years old, just now venturing into actually having relationships with people. That's real. That's, that's real Jameson. That's my real life. That's really how it is for me. There's people in this room. Whoa, I'm going to keep it real. There's people in this room that believe that we are tightly knitted together, yet you've never stepped foot in my home. And you have that, some of you have that same story. You've, you've, you've fostered surfacy relationships that don't actually mean anything. They don't actually do anything. <laughs> that's, why, that's why that person, you allow that person to, to disappear for six months, you never talk to them because you never had anything there to begin with. Am I keeping it real? You want excellence? You want greatness? 
Put yourself out there and let them see you so that they can tell you to stop eating the ice cream. Hmm. Steven, he's the closest thing I have to a, one of the few people that are just, I'm as close to this, what, I'm, I'm as close to what I'm describing as, as I have, is Steven. And Steven and I, um, our boys are good friends and we've taken them hiking a few times and Stephen is, Pastor Frank describes him as a prince of a man, and those of you that have interacted with him know what he's talking about. There, there's very few men that are as pure, gentle, honest as Stephen. Amen. Amen? That's your mom-in-law saying that, so it must be true. <laughs> but Stephen is, is struggles and, and struggles with an insecurity where he finds it unable, I, I, I'm sorry, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to use him as an instrument because our relationship can absorb this. <laughs> and he's a leader in the church, so if he's struggling with something, you, you know it's okay to struggle. But Stephen has an insecurity where he thinks that we don't need or shouldn't hear from him because he's not good enough because he doesn't make enough money, because he doesn't have a high enough position in this world. And I know this about Stephen because I know his heart, because I, we've allowed each other to enter into that space. And so we went on a hike in August-ish, I don't remember exactly when it was, and we hiked into the woods with the kids and we did our thing and we're hiking back out and conversation as it often does starts to heat up and we're talking and he's sharing about feelings about his marriage feelings about what he's going through in life and career and choices he has to make. And we got in the car and we started driving and I, I, I said, Stephen, man, I got to keep it real with you. Because as he spoke, he was saying things like, I don't feel and I can't. And it was, everything he was saying was inward, how he feels about things. It was all inward. And I looked at him and I said, that's extremely selfish. Here's a man that's bearing his heart to me and telling me how he feels about life. And I looked at him as a friend and said, that's selfish. And it's selfish because everything you're saying is inward. And what you need to be doing is looking outward. Because there's people in our community that need to hear from you. There's people in our community that need to hear your wisdom. And you're keeping it from them because of how you feel about it. And, and that's a separate topic altogether, but, but my point is this. That was an accountability conversation. I'm using that as a case study. I'm using that as a real-world situation that happened. And I don't think I said all the right things, and I don't think I said it all the right way, and, and it actually got a little bit emotional, and, and we kind of went back and forth, and he struggled with that truth. And, but, but that's what it looks like. I want to tell you that story because I want to model that for you so that you can see what that looks and feels like. It required Stephen and I to invest in conversation, and it, it required us to be willing to be vulnerable. It required us to put effort, and inside of that is my willingness to elevate Stephen ahead of me inside this community. 
I had that conversation with Stephen with the hope and expectation that he would speak up here more than I would. That he would engage in your lives more than I would. That he would have a greater impact on our community than I would. I'm no great man. I'm not bragging about where my heart was. My heart was that pure because I know he loves me. I'm competitive. I've slipped in this area. I haven't been perfect. I've tried to, I've tried to win against other people. But I had that conversation pure of heart, and that's what we need from all of us with each other. And, and I'll, I'll throw this little tidbit in. This is not me encouraging you to start throwing haymakers in the sanctuary. Hey, I just heard that sermon. I got to tell you something. I've been seeing this for a while on Facebook. And I've been zooming in on your pictures. And I can see what's on the counter in the background. And we need to talk. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about forming relationships. Getting deep. Getting ugly letting people see your vulnerabilities so that you can have that conversation where I can look at a man that I love and say you're being selfish and he can look at me and not have hurt feelings because he knows where I'm coming from and he knows what I'm trying to do. You see what I'm saying? Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And I think we look at that scripture quite a bit about what we're saying and whether it's hurtful or not. And what I look at that, one of the ways that I like to look at that scripture is, what am I not saying that I'll be held accountable for? What am I not willing to do for someone else that I'm being held accountable for? What if I was on that car ride and I just, I just didn't, didn't push Stephen? Because Stephen went from there and he, he did a Facebook thing with my dad. and I hope it's happened. We haven't really connected about how much it's affecting, but... What if I didn't? What if you don't? What if you won't? What are you sacrificing? Don't waste your friendships.